Oh shit, Bookhouse Kids, back in the building, the podcast where we talk about books. I am your host with the most, Caleb Gross, joined here as always by my loyal co-host, Mr. Studio Girl, aka Jonathan. Every week we got a brand new look, with the Bookhouse Kids, so grab your book. Don't watch movies or TV shows, if that's what you like, you a stupid hoe with the Bookhouse Kids. Bitch. And O'Neill. Hey guys, this is John O. John O, do you have a cold today? <clears throat> yeah, sorry, I <laughs> clear cleared that up a little bit. Hey guys, I'm back and I'm ready to talk about books today. Right on, John O, because we have the book about the story of your life, American Psycho. Yeah, as you could say this is our very first uh, biography ever on the show about me. Yeah, is yeah. I mean, Patrick Bateman is pretty much you, bud. <laughs> replica it's pretty much like looking in a mirror and, and this book is written by my man oh yeah the b to the double e oh brett easton ellis yep not really known for anything else besides american psycho but this book is definitely definitely uh uh what would you call it a slapper a slapper certified a slapper certified Boom. Brett Easton Ellis is, uh, I guess this got him a lot of uh, fame because of the movie, essentially. I mean, when they picked up the movie, and that's when it Yeah, definitely. And like a lot of people, when they think of American Psycho, they think of it as like, you know, some crazy uh, movie where Christian Bale goes off and just kills a bunch of people. And guess fucking what? Book's the same thing. It's about a crazy one percenter who goes off and kills a bunch of people. And it's not, you know, the most deep book, but it definitely is one of the most entertaining books. You don't think it's very deep no it is deep and i have some theories on it that we'll get to later jono that are gonna blow your little fucking socks away bud okay wow i'm excited for that but uh yeah i was gonna say there's a lot of like symbolism in the book i mean it's it's very it's very simple it's it's written very simple simplest and that's more so what i meant yeah yeah um So it like I guess it's very repetitive. A lot of the same stuff happens. Super redundant, super redundant. But it kind of has to be by nature because there really is no plot line to the book. It is just our uh, protagonist, and we're trapped in his mind, and we're going through you know a couple years of his life with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there is sometimes like when I was reading this book, like half I was about halfway through it, I had to take a break because it just got too much. Like if Dude, you're you squeamish, get fucked up when you read this book. Yeah, I can. I had to like just watch something. The shit that's in it, it it is and you know the movie like i it was gory the movie was bad there was a lot yeah, of you think uh, the movie's bad like this it, is the, this is the worst i've ever read into gore this is the yeah. worst i've ever read into like sexual mutilation the stuff that he does in this book is absolutely like adult only like yeah don't bring your kids to this book reading no okay. uh, if i saw a five-year-old reading this book i would say oh that's a young john o yeah i mean <laughs> i did read this book a lot when i was little so i'd like to say that what doesn't make sense shano but like in this case i do think it it makes a lot of sense that you would have read this at an early age oh oh i see what you're i see where you're going now okay but yeah so american psycho is graphic it is fucked up it is the uh daily life of patrick bateman and his group of friends and the best way to like describe the social circle in this book is like think of them as one percenters um the people who have complete immunity who feel like they are able to do whatever they want to do and have no repercussions to their actions those are these people and they're all young people in new york just doing whatever the fuck they want yep making reservations 
taking three hours to do it and then getting really pissed off about the restaurant they end up going to and then the whole the, whenever they hang out they just get pissed off at each other essentially get, get pissed, pissed off, off at each other do a bunch of drugs they're yeah. always arguing over coke they're always yeah. definitely on coke if they're not on coke they're on xanax they're on whatever really is around and they're always like prescription um prescription pills or cocaine yeah and it's really they they there's no there's no laws for them essentially they can do whatever they want because they're rich. They are these people and like when you were talking about the uh, restaurants earlier that is such like an undertone to the book is they're really able to see the social status of one another by what reservations they can land mm-hmm. and they'll all be on the phone calling in reservations forever they'll call in reservations just to cancel them just to like have reservations just to make it known that they're able to get those but there's one restaurant in particular in this book that is like the great white buffalo they are never able to get reservations here and it is dorsier yeah they they that's the one restaurant in the book that uh patrick bateman has said if that's the that's like his main goal in life pretty much is to get a spot in Dorsier at one point. And it's cool too, because you only see Patrick Bateman's younger brother one time in the book, but his younger brother has Patrick Bateman come meet him at Dorsier, where his brother was able to land reservations no problem. And this very, very much frustrates Patrick Bateman at his own brother, at the fact that he's able to get in this restaurant and I'm not. Yeah, he definitely uh, writes a, a very scathing uh, description of his brother after that because he's essentially envious of uh, of his brother's ties and, and whatnot to get into something like that. It's very materialistic, very. Uh, but it's it's I guess it's the the bare bones of a psycho. I mean, if you think about it. No, it definitely is. And that's like when you th- when you are reading this book and something will piss him off, you'll know that, you know, these are the type of things that make him go off and uh, murder in the book. It's these little frustrations and he like finds a release in murdering. Yeah. And he finds a release in, um, I guess, controlling people is a big thing, too. Like his assistant that he works with, he likes to uh, pretty much whatever he tells her. She's and he just, knows like, he knows that, that his, he yeah, his assistant's in love with him. And yeah. I mean, she has every reason to be he's a good looking guy making a lot of money on the surface. He looks like he's a good guy. You wouldn't think that he's, you know, some uh, murdering asshole. But he, he does use his secretary in that manner. Like he'll just make her do things because he knows he can. Because he can get away with it. And he he doesn't really give a fuck about what anyone really thinks because there's no repercussions for him. And um, uh, getting back to like when he release, get, gets his release from, from killing, essentially, the first like uh, blood that he that he sheds in the book is from a homeless man. And, and uh, how does he do it, Jono? Can you explain the murder for the listeners? I can try to briefly, uh, vaguely remember the, the scene. It was just when it first happened, it shocked me crazy. Like, uh, just because they thought the book... Yeah, they he always stabbed, do this he little, stabbed him well, in the lower abdomen over and over and popped one of his eyeballs out with a knife. Yeah. So I, when I first read that, I thought he was going to do this little trick that they normally do with homeless people where they like throw a little dollar sign in front of their face. And then, then they, uh, you know tease them and then just like you know push the dollar bill away at the last second so i was like oh patrick Bateman's about to go fuck with this homeless dude what an asshole and then <laughs> nope he just straight up murders this guy and in the very graphic way so and that's up. not even graphic compared to the rest compared of the to what book. happens later, i mean no. you're talking about like extreme sexual mutilation uh we won't get into all of that because like if, if you really want to get off on it go ahead and read the book i know caleb did I mean, I guess it was a biography on the both of us, Jono. Um, I can agree on that. 
But as the book goes on, the murders do get more brutal, more frequent. It gets to the point where, I, I mean, I'll never forget this. There's a chapter in this book that starts up, and I fucking love it. He goes, I'm not going to lie. It's been a bad week for me. I'm drinking my own piss and flossing my teeth until they bleed. And it's like, only in this book could you read something so strange out of the narrator that you believe him when he says it. Yeah, it's definitely, um, yeah, aspects of, like, In uh, the progression black of Patrick Bateman in the book, too, he just, he does gradually get crazier and yeah. crazier and yeah. crazier. He's using people's heads as jack-lanterns in his uh, house. using more drugs, too. He has people's on. bodies piled up in his freezer. He eats raw flesh out of the fridge of his victims. That's it's, pretty, it gets gnarly, and, like, um... Our boy Patrick Bateman is fucked up. Yeah, yeah, but it's, uh, it's like, I I mean, like we were talking about earlier, it's, it's a symbolic of uh, American capitalism because at its core, it's so materialistic. You just care about it, and whatever I think you there's want. Symboli- symbolism into it. I really don't know if I'm going down that route with you. I do think the book's very symbolic on capitalism and like well, you'll, that, you'll have that to tell sort me of thing. Theory, but I, I mean, I can definitely see like where, where well, is, what is getting at with the, sim- yeah, the symbolism and, of and, like this. And let's kind of get into it here. So when you watch the movie and when you read the book, they both end in a very uh similar manner they're both very so. uh well they're both very uh ambiguous right yeah i guess so i mean i haven't seen the movie for a while so uh from what i remember the ending kind of had an ambiguous ending but it's, it's kind of kind of had a, like a interesting take on the that was different from the book i thought but um and to me they both ended uh very similarly because in the book, you really don't know if Patrick Bateman really is killing all these people because he kills one person that he works with. And this person works on an account that they are all jonesing for. This is an account that they're all going after. It's called the Fisher account. Throughout the book, that's a huge undertone. They all want to work on this lucrative account and Paul Owen is the head of it. And they're all jealous of Paul Owen because he landed the Fisher account and none of them have it. And the Fisher account is the Holy Grail. So at one point, our narrator, Patrick Bateman, takes Paul Owen out and they uh, they go to dinner and Patrick Bateman's chatting him up trying to get information of the Fisher account out of him. Paul Owen's being very vague with it, won't let Patrick Bateman know anything. This frustrates Patrick Bateman. They go back to Paul Owen's house and Patrick Bateman kills Paul Owen. And Paul Owen is not a random homeless person. It's not a prostitute. This is somebody he is tied in with work. This is somebody that he shouldn't be able to get away with murdering. And lo and behold, a couple days later, the detective enters. The detective enters and begins to ask Patrick Bateman about Paul Owen and the disappearance of him. Paul Owen hasn't been seen in two weeks. And Patrick Bateman is visibly nervous. He is visibly nervous of this, you know, detective being onto him. He's thinking, this is the time I go down because, you know, I murdered him. Nothing happens. At the end of the book, Paul Owen comes back from vacation two weeks later. The detective isn't on Patrick Bateman. Paul Owen has returned. How is that able to happen if Patrick Bateman murdered that him? That part John was L? very interesting. Like it's very surreal. That's what I got from that was it was a surreal, surrealistic take on. Um, well, and know, one thing we haven't gotten whether, to whether enough. or not he actually is killing people, or if it's just yeah. a, a big. And one thing we haven't really like mentioned enough here is uh, if you thought Holden Caulfield was an unreliable narrator, Patrick oh, Bateman <laughs> is the world's most unreliable narrator. You can't believe a word that comes out of his fucking mouth. He is a liar. There are times in the books where somebody will say something in a conversation 
like make reservations. I think that's what I said. He doesn't even know like really what's happening in the book. So when you're reading it, you're reading through the mind of the madman. You're going crazy because you are Patrick Bateman. So a lot of the things really are left in the open that is that real, is it not? It's true. Um, yeah, that definitely leaves you really uh, with like a mind fuck at the end of the book. So uh, I guess I'd, I'm really curious to hear your theory about what what your interpretation of the ending is. Because the, the disappearance of Paul Owen is so... Uh, it does it is leave off kind of ambiguous like you're kind of left off a little like confused but and, um and it's what, interesting to me because that's the only real time like a murder occurred that could be tied to him there was one other one where he uh, murdered the um the girlfriend to the chef at dorsier if you don't remember it was a girl that he went to school with and he nailed her hands to the table oh, and murdered her so there were there was a couple murders that cl- hit close to home for him that you were like there's no way he got away with this yeah like because he just left like so much evidence behind too and so, that's what gets me to my theory and my right. theory you know it is a little bit off the wall Jono, but i think i have enough evidence that you will be a believer by the time i finish what i'm about to say let me see if i can uh, be a, a believer of your your psycho your psychotic theory so my theory is crazy that patrick bateman doesn't mis- murder in person in this entire book there is no murders that occur my theory is that patrick bateman is a gay man with aids and i'm going to explain it to you like this jano do you remember him at the bon jovi concert when bon jovi was singing directly into the eyes of patrick bateman yeah you mean you too yeah it was a u2 i'm sorry it was a u2 concert but he was singing directly into it was bono was singing directly into the eyes of patrick bateman and patrick bateman got an aching erection on his leg and they wrote that in the book and then the erection or was it yes i thought it was like some weird connection that he had it is in the book he has a connection when bono singing directly in his eyes at that moment is when he initiated the date with paul owen to go find out about the fisher account the first thing that pops in his mind is i have to find out what the Fisher account is. The Fisher account's Paul Owen. They all want to sleep with Paul Owen. So what happens in my head here is that Patrick Bateman goes and has sex with Paul Owen. Paul Owen does go on vacation because he finds out that Patrick Bateman has AIDS. Throughout the book, every single person that he slept with was the people he killed. And he gave them as gruesome a death as was described in the book by passing AIDS to them. I'll give you another piece of uh, piece of example for my theory here. Do you remember the prostitute in the beginning of the book where he um, where he tortured her and he took yeah. the, the clothes hanger to her and he paid her off? Yeah. Another one of the only times a character was recurring in the book. Yeah. She came back the second time and he killed her at Paul Owen's apartment. I don't think he killed her. I think he had sex with her the second time. The first time he only sexually mutilated her. That happened. He abused her. Right. He didn't kill her. He had sex with her, passed her AIDS. And now to like my, probably my favorite part of the book too, because this makes no fucking sense when it happens. Patrick Bateman is riding in a cab with a cab driver. The cab driver tells him, oh, you killed my friend Joey. Patrick Bateman thinks, did I kill him? I don't know. I've killed so many people. The cab driver says, you're on the wanted posters downtown. They're looking for you. The cab driver then drives him out, takes his watch from him, robs him, and leaves him stranded in New York City. I think those wanted posters were HIV positive posters, and I think his friend was a cab driver that Patrick Bateman had sex with. That is my theory. 
I do not believe that Patrick Bateman killed anyone. I think he is a gay man passing on AIDS in New York City. Well, I guess in that case, bisexual, since he's having sex with girls too, passing on. Yes, and he does, but, but he he, the, he actually uses protection with his girlfriend, and that's seems, why there's no mention of him killing his girlfriend. He uses protection. That's interesting. That seems a little far-fetched to me. I'd have to read There's it again. a lot of evidence for it in the book. A lot of heavy undertones. Do you remember the other uh, character in the book in his inner circle who was obsessed with Patrick Bateman and would try to kiss him right, yeah. and would come up and hang on but him? But the thing is, he was the so reason, like, like, why off, is, like, get away from me. You because know? he made out with him in the bathroom. Remember when he said he went in to strangle him and kill him? Well, he was he about made out to. With, he, yeah, he, he almost killed him by almost having sex with him. He didn't have sex with him, and that's why that character was so attracted to him for the remainder of the book they did have a sexual encounter in the bathroom just not sexual intercourse so therefore patrick bateman was unable to give him the virus so another big undertone too is you'll notice in the book they always talk about him tanning yeah and the like tanning is from the, him the being jaundice bed. from the aids uh, what? That's another thing. That's an, there's a lot of lot of heavy undertones in this book that is giving you the idea that he is a gay man passing on AIDS. All these people that he you know killed, I think he just had sex with. And then he's just it, the the book is just kind of going through some crazy like uh, fantasy. He has. In the movie too, the movie fucking I mean, left like, all this out. It? No, the movie left all the undertones out. There's so. absolutely no undertones well, of this. But I also think that it takes a very keen mind and like a very in tune reader to be able to like assimilate holy shit he's gay there is that direct one for where bono's singing into his eyes where he gets that aching erection but it, it's it was hard to tie together let's go back i always to, just thought that the, the 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 sections of the book where there were kind of like there was some like homosexual undertones were just him kind of like maybe he was gay and he was just really trying to like uh kind of let go of that because you know in his circle of friends like that's obviously like super that's they don't like they hate gay people that's like an, that's a, a known form. and what do you expect a bunch of yuppies to just yeah. like openly be gay right no they're gonna no. act super homophobic so, and part of my, the reason for their homophobia is still, the fact that they are gay that's an interesting theory um now one more piece of supporting evidence and i'll, I'll leave it after okay. this one more piece i forgot to mention it when the uh the detective comes in and Patrick Bateman respects the detective he mentions that he is well, wearing he a suit he has to because well, he's trying to yeah, but he even beforehand, Patrick Bateman's surprised that it's a man oh, right. around his yeah. age. And he, he likes he, what he's wearing too. And he says, you know, he's wearing a suit not unlike mine. So therefore relating to this character. Yeah. But there's one thing that bothers Patrick Bateman, and that's that he's wearing the top button unbuttoned in a way that he wouldn't. And there's kind of an undertone of, oh, the detective is gay and Patrick Bateman doesn't like that he is openly wearing his shirt like that because it's symbolizing that he's gay. Now, Patrick Bateman is attracted to the detective. And when the detective is interviewing Patrick Bateman, do you remember the whole Yale thing? Patrick uh, Bateman let slip really. that Paul Owen was a part of the Yale oh. thing. And the Yale thing, in Patrick Bateman's words to the detective, was a group of guys in Yale that were gay. That's right, yeah. Why would he mention that? interesting yeah. there's just too much like supporting evidence for me I mean, not to think that there were no murders and patrick bateman's gay i'm still not sold on that theory i mean that that actually you know what i mean if i read it again i could actually get sold on that because yeah. like i can definitely distance the 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 connections that you're pointing out and but, it's kind of crazy how like such a gruesome 
disgusting, hard to read book can really be rooted in something so simple in my mind that yeah, I mean, and once again, this is all speculation, but you know, for me, it it is like it's rooted in something that is you know really not gruesome, really not what you would think when you uh when you read the book the first time. I still, I guess, what I took from it when I first finished the book was that you know Paul Owen's disappearance and then reappearance, uh, I guess, and then like the the wanted posters he had, all this stuff was going on, like it was all just some crazy dream. I just uh, assumed the whole thing was just the whole thing was just a metaphor, like the whole book was just a metaphor of American capitalism. And it is there. There is a lot of uh you know capitalistic ideas in and the book, and like the you know sexual undertones. I definitely got that. I just yeah. didn't like I, that theory is interesting because it, it could definitely be a, a case where it is like a and that's only one of the symbolisms of the book you know the murders that but to like to me the other things like you know of uh capitalism of donald trump there is so much other symbolism in the book and all around this is a very entertaining read there's a reason we're talking about it there's a reason people call it a classic there's a reason oh, it got made into so a movie you can talk about after the book very loaded like, very loaded I, now not for the faint of heart though like if you're the faint of heart, if you're just wanting to read something to uh to read it maybe this isn't the best place to jump in I wouldn't recommend this to my mom, but I would maybe recommend it to, you know, somebody my age. Yeah, it's it's entertaining for sure. I mean, like, if you're fucked up, I'm, I, it's, it's it's entertaining. It's black comedy at its, uh, at its, its finest. But it's uh, a very, very graphic. Like the, it's black comedy. But when it gets to the parts where he he murders, it's just hard to, it's hard to fathom how someone can write something like that. But um, it's. It's also very, I, I've been saying this a lot, repetitive, minimalistic, very experimental, art, like an artsy kind of book. So maybe not for someone that's wanting to read something that's kind of like uh, Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, uh, like Jack Reacher, stuff like that, you know? Yeah. You want to be in like a specific book, you know? Yeah. And you want to be in like a specific like mind place, especially going oh, yeah. into a book like this. Now, just kind of wrap up here. I want to talk about like just the last passage we'll talk about in the book and probably my favorite passage of the entire book and this is when uh patrick bateman patrick bateman makes a dessert and he makes a dessert for his uh his girlfriend and that is evelyn richards and the dessert that he makes is he picks up a used urinal cake and has them drench it in chocolate has the restaurant completely make over this urinal cake to look like it's an edible dessert and he has it served to the table and watches his girlfriend eat a urinal cake Cake. He gets a kick out of it, but I oh, was, he loves it. I, I loved it as a reader. It was funny. I was legitimate. I was actually not. I didn't like it. I was grossed out, dude. But. It was funny. It was funny because like she she even mentioned that it tasted gross when she bit into well, no, it. She was like, "This is interesting. This is like got an interesting taste to it." And I was just like, "Oh." And meanwhile, God, Patrick dude. Bateman, he was like kind of upset in the book too because it didn't give him enough of a kick. Like he <laughs> he, he wished that it would have done more to her, but it it was just so yeah. That that's like to sum it up, you know, the book. And now to end it as we always do here on the bookhouse kids we are going to give this book our rating john why don't you uh go ahead and give it on a scale from one to ten i think uh brett easton ellis really pulled out uh some some of his uh, writing chops here definitely this is i mean i haven't read anything else by him i might give it a shot because this book it has so many good lines in it so many good uh so many good uh, metaphors in it and it's just so well written i'm gonna give it a nine out of ten um if you like stuff like 
very uh, ambiguous, but also well-written and very symbolic that has a lot of uh, undertones to it that you can talk about with people afterwards. Read this book. It's really good. Yeah, and I would say, like, if, if you're looking for a book that is going to change your life or, like, a book with, like, some uh, deep meaning behind it, this isn't the one for you. But Entertainment takes this book so far. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 as well. It is very I don't entertaining. Know, it, it, and it does have, you know, it, it does have ties. To it. And it does, but, I mean, at the same time. I would have to disagree with you that, like, there are some meanings in it that could change your perspective on American, uh, the American dream and whatnot. So that's my take on it. I, and I can see that as well. Now, Bookhouse Kids, go ahead and hit us up at bookhousekids at gmail.com. That is bookhousekids at gmail.com. Send in any books that you want us to do. Until then, we are going to be doing 2001 A Ooh. Space Odyssey next week by Get one your, of my uh, favorite fucking authors, finally, Arthur C. Clarke, yeah, my yeah. man. Yep. Get your ass ready because it's, uh, it's a mind fuck. And we are out of here. Thank you all for listening and take it easy.